Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to be back. I just give God thanks and praise for that. And I'm so glad your pastor actually invited me back. Praise the Lord. So for me, that means, you know, no heresy. Praise the Lord. And um, everything's working out. And even before I go in, I just want to give God thanks also for those veterans who are here and those who serve. I really appreciate uh, all that you do. And it's an honor just to be in your presence. You know, my, my two oldest uh, serve in the Marine Corps. My son served in Iraq. And so I'm fully aware of, you know, the, the sacrifice that occurs, but even more so, you know, sometimes the things that, you know, you bring back home trying to get back into normal life. And so truly, I want to honor you and thank you for your service. Is it all right? Can we give the Lord another hand clap of praise for those who are serving? <laughs> truly honored. No. By your heads, let's go to the Lord in, in, in prayer as we uh, just dive into the word. Amen. Lord, we just thank you, God, for allowing us to be here today. We thank you for this time together, Lord. And we ask that, God, your Holy Spirit will touch our hearts and our minds. Lord, that you would um, prepare it like good soil to receive the good seed of your word that would bear fruit, Lord. And we need you. We need this work today. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Pastor Chris. I, I pastor Hempstead Assembly of God in Hempstead, Long Island. That's just, you know, uh, about 40 minutes outside of the city. And I want to give God thanks for allowing me to be here today. And I do have a special appreciation uh, for the surroundings here and the environment here. You know, it's the first time driving up to, to this area because um, normally I would, you know, wake up early in the morning and drive when there's no traffic. But uh, this time around, I left uh, uh, at 4 p.m. And uh, it took me two hours just to get out of the city. Wow. I, you know, all them years living in, you know, the area, I, I never experienced that. I felt my, you know, the, my spirit leave my body twice. I had to snatch it back in the midst of all that traffic. But thank God he brought me here safely. And it, it is truly an honor and uh, a privilege to be with you today. The title of my sermon today is Growing Up. Growing up, and I know you're in the midst of this series in, in Ephesians, and I give God thanks for this. Growing up is the title of my sermon, and a couple of months ago, you know, just in prayer, I came across this, this thought that the Holy Spirit gave me, and, and this is what it says. It's virtually impossible to embrace the Word of God and not change, and not change virtually impossible. I have such a high level of respect for the word of God. And I believe it's living, it's powerful, it's inspired. It's, it's, it's able to do some incredible things in our life. But, but that, 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 that statement that I felt that the spirit of God gave me, it's virtually impossible to embrace the word of God and not change. You can hear the word of God, but not embrace it. And, and basically the, my, the premise of this sermon is when the word of God is embraced by you, something's got to happen. Something has to change. We call that a, a spiritual growth. You begin to grow in the Lord. New understanding results in me becoming more and more like Jesus. There, there, there are things that occur because I'm growing in the Lord. And you tend to grow because you are embracing the Lord. Do you realize that there are certain conversations I can have with my children now that I couldn't have before because they're older now? They, they understand certain things. A couple, a couple of weeks or months ago, I received an envelope in the mail. And when I took this envelope and they saw the expression on my face and they saw the complete horror in my face, it's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, what is that? What is that? And on the envelope, it said internal revenue service. 
couple years ago, they wouldn't even be able to have that conversation with me. But I was like, I don't know if I open this. You know, Christmas might look a little different this year. But they understand that they get that. There are certain conversations that I can have with them because they're growing up. They're growing up. Listen, there are certain conversations my wife can have with me now because I'm growing up. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. We're growing up. And experiences that we, that we have, there should be some sort of change, especially when we're dealing with the word of God. That brings us to uh, the text that we'll take a look at today, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. This is what it says. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, giving them insight on what it means to, to see spiritual leadership and the purpose of all of this. This is what he says. He says, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That's a lot of stuff to unpack. You know, that's one of the most powerful passages of scriptures that gives insight as to who we are and what we do, even as the body of Christ. And so listen, for the next 20 minutes, I pray by the, by the Lord, let me, your Holy Spirit help us just unpack a couple of these things that I want to share with you. Three concepts that are actually interwoven within this passage of scripture. Here's the three concepts. Equipping in love, building in love, and growing in love. So many, I mean, listen, we could spend weeks just on this passage of scripture, but in the next 20 minutes, check this out. Equipping in love, building in love, and growing in love. Here's the first point, equipping in love. This is what it says in verse 11 and 12. It says, and he, meaning Jesus, Jesus gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. It's so awesome that we could come together and meet on a Sunday as, as the church, the ecclesia. But have you ever wondered, you know, what's the difference between the pastor and you and, 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 and evangelists and people that come and, and speak? Because, listen, I, a couple of years back, years ago, I remember as a pastor, I had to, you know, you know, you know have a meeting and some, some serious things were said. And I never forget one person stood up and said, so, so like, who are you? Who are you supposed to be? Like, so you're a pastor, I'm a pastor, you got Jesus, I got Jesus, you got the Spirit, so what's the difference? And, and I know you guys don't experience that here because you guys are really nice, but, but like, like we're, we're a pastor, sometimes you have to deal with this sort of thing, and, and you don't realize what is the difference between the pastor and you. What's the difference between spiritual leadership and, and what God is calling me to do? And so Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus to help them understand what church leadership was like, what spiritual leadership was for. And so this is what he says. He says, Jesus gave to the church the spiritual gift of leadership, apostles. 
right? Apostles are those who are sent by God. They, they're, they're the MacGyver of spiritual leaders. They, they, whatever they, God gives them everything that they need. You could drop them in the middle of a jungle, poof, a church just comes up because they're, they're apostles. They're sent. Everything they need for ministry works. They're the Green Berets. They're the Navy SEALs. They're, they're the Rambos of ministry. Whatever you need, the apostles able to do that. But then you also have prophets. Prophets are those who speak on behalf of God. Whatever God wants to be said in this moment, the prophet just says it, right? God speaks through them. Then you have evangelists. Evangelists are those who spread the gospel, right? They, they, they give the good news. That's what they do. And I think that's awesome. Remember, so far we're learning about these three gifts that God sends to the church, and God has a way of just doing all things well. Not everybody has the gift of evangelism. We should all be evangelists on some level, but some of us have greater gifts than others. Like with me, I don't, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I'm a passive. I just don't have that gift. When I go to the supermarket, I go to get groceries. That's what I do. I'm going to the supermarket to get groceries. But like someone like my dad, if my dad is going to get his car fixed, someone's going to get saved. It just happens. It's just that he goes into a restaurant, he orders his food, someone is crying, someone's going to get saved there because he has that gift. He just loves telling people about Jesus. Me, sometimes i got to be reminded, you know. And, and so with, with the evangelists, God you know, gives them this, this gift, this power, this position to constantly give the good news. But then you have pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers. That word pastor actually means poimen. It's poimen in Greek. And what it means is a shepherd. Someone responsible to feed and to guide and to nurture, to create an environment where sheep can grow, where people can actually grow. We're not, as a pastor, I'm not responsible to make you grow. God provides the increase, but he's called us, he's called me to create an environment that's safe enough for people to grow. That's what pastors do. It's a gift. That God. So, what's the difference between you and Pastor David? Let me tell you. You have a, a bunch of great pastors at this church, and 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 when you're called to do that, that is something that God has provided as a gift. And then that brings us to teachers. That's why, you know, based on the theologians that you speak to, they say five or four becomes sometimes as pastor teacher. A teacher is someone that can take complex information and make it easy for you to understand. That's what a teacher is. Not everybody can be a teacher, right? Not everybody can be a teacher. Just like Michael Jordan is awesome, but he's not a good coach. Why? Because he doesn't know how to break down what he does and that's, that's complex, easy enough for someone to understand and try to do it, right? That's why Mike Krzyzewski is no joke. He can take complex things and make it easy for you to understand. These are the different things, the different concepts, the, 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 the gifts of spiritual leadership that the Lord gave to the church. But why? Like, what's the whole point? Why, do you, why, why did God send these incredible gift things? What does it do for us? And the Bible gives us twofold purpose, two reasons in this passive scripture why they're here. And you have, like I said, you have a, a group of awesome pastors here on staff, and they look good. They're cool looking, but that's not why they're here. Can someone say amen? Right? That's not why, that's not why they're here. They're, check this, this. The first thing is for the equipping of the saints for service. The equipping. That's why this is called equipping in love. That word equip, it actually means to perfect, right? It's a perfecting. It's to give someone exactly what they need to get the job done. Your, 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 your pastors here create an environment and they create opportunities for serving. They create opportunities for connecting. Why? Because every opportunity provides you with, 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 with something that will allow you to get the job done. 
It's a perfecting process. Catacharismos. It actually to equip you and equip you for what? For works of service. One of the things, I didn't get to say this in the first half, but you know, one of the, mo the, the most craziest misconceptions about church and pastor is that you have a pastor that's supposed to do everything. Right? And, and biblically speaking, that makes no sense based on scripture. Based on scripture, the job of your pastoral team is to help you do works of service well. That's, that's the whole point. And so we create these opportunities for you to be challenged sometimes, to be put in a situation where you might not necessarily be comfortable. Opportunity for you to learn. Why? So that you can be equipped. And it's not just for working in ministry or in church. The whole point of this is that throughout this process, you become a better husband. See? I become a better husband. I become a better father because I am being equipped for this. That word works is ergon in, in, in Greek, and what it actually means is, you know, is I'm going to work. No, it actually means to be entrepreneurial, it's to have a sense of business or employment. And so here's a question of are you good for business? Are you good for God's business, right? In, in, in the city, you know, sometimes in, in New York City, we're not known for our customer service. You know. Sometimes, no, depending. I never forget this. You know, I come from a Jamaican background. My parents are Jamaican. My wife is Jamaican. Everybody's Jamaican except my brothers and I. And, and, and so I love Jamaican food. And there's one particular restaurant, you know, Golden Crust, I love to go to. It's on Flatbush Avenue. And I walk in there. But here's the thing. If you go into a Golden Crust, you shouldn't necessarily go there for the customer, you know, that good customer experience. You know, it, you know so, so I, I go in there. And, and if you're standing online, it's people just cut the line because they're in a rush. And it's all good. And I never forget, I walked in there once, and, and, and I was just being polite. I said, excuse me, uh, do you have any mild beef patties? And she said, <laughs> And it, it just immediately just had an attitude because I just asked a simple question. And you know what? They, they're just rude sometimes because they know their food is good, and I will still go there and get it. Here's a question. The question is, if you've been a child of God for a long period of time, the question you should be hearing from the Spirit of God right now, today, in this moment, is are you, are you good for business? Is there change that's happening in your life that you're becoming more and more like Christ because of being a part of the body of Christ? That's, that's the whole idea. You're being equipped for works of service. Which, and the second thing is, you know, being equipped, but the second thing is building up the body of Christ. Why do your pastors exist in this church? Why do we come together as the body of Christ? Well, to be equipped, right? Number two, so we could build up the body of Christ. That brings me to my second point, building in love. So we, we're getting equipped in love, but now building in love. Twice in, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 and in verse 16, this concept of building comes up. In verse 12, he says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. And in verse 16, he says, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself 
in love. This concept of building up is a part of being in the body of Christ. It's a part of our Christian theology, this concept of building up. That word building up, kodome, it, it got that word oikos, which means house, and dome, which means roof. It literally means to complete the building project by placing the roof on the house. Building up, edifying. This, that, that's the whole point of being in the body of Christ. Listen, if you as a Christian and everything about you is about tearing things down and tearing people down, there is something wrong. Something wrong. The concept of being Christ-like, the concept of Christianity has very little to do with tearing down, but even more so about what? Building up. I remember years, my, I think my second year in Bible college, I, I, I was um, working uh, a work detail with one of my friends in a fruit truck, and, and he got an opportunity to preach at a church, and he was so excited. He was telling me about it. He says, man, I got to preach at this church this past. So I said, oh, that's cool, man. He said, yeah, man, boy, I really beat that sheep. Yeah, man, by the time I was preach, done preaching, it was quiet in there. No one had said And he was happy about that. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's how this works, you know. I'm not sure if they were supposed to be beating people up. In, in my church, we do have a rule. You're not allowed to rebuke anyone if you have not already committed to invest to rebuild that person. There's too many people in church that like to just, listen, I used to make fun of, uh, of people. They do All they want, they come to church and pew, just shoot you down with a rebuke. Pew, pew, pew. Just, I mean, just, 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 pew. anything they don't, they see that they don't like, pew, they're going to shoot it down. And we're not allowed to do that in my church. I made that, said, so no, you don't rebuke unless you're ready to rebuild. Because in the body of Christ, it's all done for redemptive purposes. If God is going to remove anything, if there's going to be a demolition, it's because he's already programmed construction. Our goal, the more time we spend together, we should be looking forward to building each other up. That's the whole point of being a child of God, to build each other up. So, so with, with the design of how we build, right, usually there's a blueprint, right? If, if there's construction going on, usually there's a blueprint, usually there's a design. Usually at a construction site, there's someone that knows what they're doing. Can someone say amen with that? That's usually. Which is one of the reasons why my wife does not allow me to, to fix anything in the house anymore. It's just not my, it's not my gift. It's not my strong point. Because I have a tendency to start stuff and don't finish. So here's the question. How do you know if you're building the right way? How do you know if we're being edified the right way? And the Bible gives us this, this parameter uh, in this passage of scripture. He says, this is how we'll know. Until we all attain unity of the faith. See? Agreement. So we're pouring into each other. We're building into each other until we're unified in the faith. See this? Then he goes, until we all attain to the unity of the incredible knowledge of the Son of God. Do you realize that's why we come together on a Sunday? That's why we meet together, you know, in small groups. That's why we speak. That's why we fellowship. Because we're supposed to be, we're better when we connect with each other. That's why, I listen, I love your pastor, Pastor Dave. I love him. I'm a better person because I'm his friend. I'm a better pastor because I'm his friend. Ten years now, you know, and, and, and just, just being around him, I'm smarter. Do you realize it? Just hang around Pastor Dave. You just get smarter. There's words I started using because I hang out with him. 
the first time I ever heard the word bucket in a theological scenario, he says, you know, there are certain things we have to put in different buckets. I said, word, you got buckets? <laughs> Just buckets. When we talk about edification and building each other up, it's supposed to work towards us getting more and more like Christ, which is why Satan goes out of his way to make sure that we're divided in the body of Christ. He goes out of a way. We come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences, different age groups, and, and he'll do everything in his power to keep us separated because he knows the biblical mandate is for us to build each other up. See? We work towards that. The last one, he says, until we mature to the fullness of the measure of Christ. We get better. We mature. You know, um, Something that he said to me once, we were in a leadership cohort and changed my life. You know, your pastor said this. He said, sometimes good, strong leadership requires us to have difficult conversations. I was, because, you no, know, I, I don't like conflict. I don't like to deal with conflict. And it's not because I'm a punk. It's not why. See, some of y'all are like, oh, just stop. It's not because I'm a punk. The truth be told, it's because I'm afraid of who I used to be. See, some of you might understand what I'm talking about. Now that you're a Christian, the last thing you want to be is where God has taken you from. And, and sometimes you're afraid that certain conflicts, certain, certain situations might bring that old guy back. And you don't want to deal with it. And so I would rather just not deal with certain things. I'd rather not have certain discussions. And being in that, that group, being able to pour into each other, I'll never forget what he said. Sometimes, in order to move forward, sometimes, in order to be a strong leader, you will have to have those difficult conversations. When you're able to finally get to that point to have that difficult conversation and still trust in God, guess what? There's growth. There's growth. I have a 16-year-old daughter now. I thought we were out the woods, y'all. We were, we were doing so well. 13 and 14 and 15. I'm like, yo, I have an angel. This is going to be easy. And then 16. I did everything in my power to make sure she doesn't end up a cheerleader. I did everything. <laughs> Books, tried to get her to do track, taught her how to play lacrosse. I said, hey, we could do everything. You could do anything but. And all it took was one conversation with her friend. <laughs> Daddy, guess what? I said, oh. And I knew when I was like, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. Look at that skirt. No, no, no. And immediately it impacted our relationship. Immediately. I, I saw it immediately. And I was like, oh, God. And I remember, oh, I'm so scared, God. And I, I remember just being able, hearing the Lord, just, just got to let that go. Just let it go. I had, to, I, had to, I, had to, I had to do some growing up just as a dad. I said, Okay. I said, oh, daddy, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you. But I, hey, I'm, I'm going to be at every practice. I'm, I'm going to take you to every whatever. And, and there I am, Mr. Dumbatch, in the stands. Go, girls, go, go. Don't even, I love football, but I'm not looking at the football game. Hey, hey, give me an A, give me a G. Yeah, girl. I drop it and get to know all the friends because now this is a, I'm in a new season now where I'm growing, I'm, I'm growing, I'm growing. I'm growing in love. 
And the last couple of the last the last couple of months now, you know, things really started changing. Now she's the, one of the captains of the squad. She's getting invited to all these sweet 16 parties. And now we're starting to have, watch this, hypothetical conversations that she's bringing up. Hypothetically, Dad. Hypothetically, Dad. I'm like, <laughs> hypothetically. And, and, and so the reason why this is important is because I, I thought growing up was only for these younger kids. But I didn't know, even me as a pastor, 20 some odd years, there's parts of me that still need to now mature. And I have to be willing to hear the word of God and embrace the word of God and allow change just so that in this new season, I'm able now to be a part of her life in a way that will edify her. I didn't say this in the first sermon. I love that's how the Holy Spirit does it. Do you realize sometimes as a parent, you could be in the wrong season? This is, all right, this is a good word. So y'all get this in second service real quick. Look, look, look. There's nothing worse than a parent in the wrong season. Like, if I'm stuck in the six-year-old season and she's 16, something's going to happen. And so I can stand my ground, but you have to be aware of what the Lord is doing in your life here right now. And that's what I'm trying to say. When you're in the ecclesia, when you're a part of the church, when you're a part of spiritual leadership, when you're embracing the word of God, God allows changes to occur in you for new seasons. And so as a dad, as much as I hate this fact, I feel vulnerable, I feel weak, I don't feel like I'm as, as, as influential in her life, I need to be able to embrace what God is doing right now so that I can be her dad in this next season. See? Do you know what we call that? Spiritual maturity. I need to be able to grow in love. Let me finish this point and band could come up now. Listen, this is a dynamic thing that we're a part of. This journey that we have with the Lord, this, this, this relationship, the relationship building. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at all these opportunities for connections. You have over 100 some odd people serving. That is amazing. Listen, if, if you're a part of this, if you're experiencing this journey with the Lord and you don't want to get involved, let me, if I can just encourage you, be willing to take steps for growth to occur in your life. Be willing, be willing to embrace the season that God is bringing you through. How do you know you're growing? How do I know I'm growing? Well, number one, you're able to discern biblical truth. And, and this is why I have to bring this home. See, there are certain ways I was raised that was not necessarily biblical. It was more religious, if that makes any sense. And so now as my, as my daughter starts moving into this, into this new season, I have to be aware that just because I was raised a certain religious way, I have to make sure that it is founded in the word of God so it can be applied in this next season. How do I know that I'm growing in the Lord? Because I'm being able to discern biblical truth. Verse 14 says, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. I'm able to recognize what God is saying based on what his word has given me. And so, yeah, the way my daddy raised me may not be the way I raised my, my baby because we're growing. He's bringing us to a place of maturity. Here's a last point, then we'll pray. I got to be able to speak and receive truth <laughs> in love. Truth. Truth is not necessarily what you think truth is. Truth be told, just by definition, that word truth, it's a, it's a, it's a fact that corresponds with reality. Tony Evans says it this way, truth is what God says about a matter. Not necessarily your experiences, but 
what does God say? And so I have to look at my daughter, and I have to be vulnerable. And I have to get to the point where, because I said so, it doesn't exist. But I have to be able to allow the Spirit of God to speak through me to her in those hypothetical situations. And then take a step back and trust the Spirit of God is going to do the rest. I got to be honest with you, I'm scared to death of that because I'm not in control. But part of spiritual maturity is being able to let go of your control and allow God to be in control. Can someone say amen to that? So bow your heads with me because I've had to learn how to say, Lord, forgive me for my arrogance. God, forgive me for my pride. Lord, forgive me for demanding things be done my way because I'm discovering things in your word that's changing my life. I'm not the same person I was 23 years ago because of God's word, because of his presence in my life. Guess what? I'm not the same guy I was a week ago because of God's word, because of his presence in my life. You shouldn't expect to be the same person next week because of God's word and because of his presence in your life. Amen? And so, Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity where we can just spend this time together Lord, to hear your word and to allow your Holy Spirit just to speak to us. God, I embrace your word today and I'm learning that, God, there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why we're a part of this church. There's a reason why we're even visiting this morning. There's a reason why you have these incredible leaders in our lives. Father, you are equipping us for works of service in love. I thank you for the change that's happening in my life. I thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing in my heart. Forgive me, Lord, for everything that is contrary to your word. Forgive me, O oh God. Forgive me for running away from your conviction. Lord, I'm learning today that I should run towards it. Thank you for this moment. Lord, your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and you're just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, today... I ask, Lord God, for your forgiveness, anything that doesn't please you. And I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for helping me to grow up today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.